You're listening to In the Loop with Louise and Yasmin here on 88.1 WCRX FM Chicago. I'm Louise Nets, and we're back. Finally, a few weeks after life as we know it at Columbia College Chicago changed so drastically. Classes are all online now, graduation is postponed for a year, and we won't be back in the studio to make this show again. Ever. Yasmin and I are both graduating this year, but we're committed to bringing you this show for the rest of the semester from our homes, while we and the rest of our class are social distancing. Today on the show, Yasmin and I will update you on what's happening on the CCC campus and how people in our community are dealing with this crisis. Then Yasmin brings us the story of a nurse at Rush University Medical Center here in Chicago, who's on the front lines of the COVID-19 outbreak in the city. You'll also hear my interviews with a couple of local grocery store employees about how they're protecting themselves and how they feel like the company they work for is protecting them during this time. And of course, stick around as always to the end of the hour to find out what Yasmin and I's favorite social media sensations are for this week. If you've seen anything that brightened your day on the internet lately, and we know we all need it, share it with us on social media using the hashtag in the loop on CRX. It's been so long. I feel like it it's been I feel like this whole time that I've been in quarantine is like everything and nothing is happening all at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I feel like I feel like we've been doing this for over a year at this point. I know. I know. <laughs> it needs to end already. But So, uh, I, yeah, I guess to clarify to everybody right now, we're both at home. We're recording from home. We're not in the studio. I know, Louise. I, I miss seeing your face while we're recording, but I mean, we're seeing each other through a screen, so that's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't really been connecting with people, I feel like, as much as I should be, and... Um, and this past week, going back to classes at Columbia and seeing everybody's faces, I'm kind of shell-shocked. I'm like, oh, yeah, being talking to people, I forgot how to do that. No, you know? I totally agree with you. Um, I don't know how many Zoom courses you've been doing, but it's it's honestly, it's, it's nice to be able to reconnect with classmates. Yeah, and yeah, totally. Even though, you know, you don't really want to get on your computer and do work, it's nice to be able to verbally discuss things every now and then yeah definitely i was a little afraid um at the beginning of the semester i don't know if anybody remembers but i talked about being really excited to take this uh beat literature class that i'm in and i was so scared when we transferred online i was like oh no we're just gonna do like reading responses because the whole point of taking that class for me was to like be in the discussion you know so i'm glad that we're still doing that no i definitely agree i mean um I think that, in a way, our our professors are handling it well in the communications department, I would say. Um, I'm in radio audio doc right now, and we were all supposed to produce um, partner documentaries. You've taken the course. Um, no, you haven't taken the I course. I haven't, but I know Dave, <laughs> right. and he's he knows that he's my favorite professor. <laughs> Gotta so, love Dave. Yeah. Shout out, shout out Dave Berger. Um so, yeah, we're actually doing um, a coronavirus documentary, and it's really exciting because, you know, this is something that, like, we're going to be able to push out there and show people um, that, like, we are literally living through such a historic time period yeah. right now. Like, generations to come after us are going to be 
absolutely fascinated to even discuss this type of matter, you know? Yeah. So it's interesting that we get to put together a documentary about it. Yeah, I even feel like doing this show this semester has been like, you can see the arc, like at the beginning, our very, if you guys want to go back and listen to our first episode, us being like, oh my God, we're both seniors and graduating and everything is crazy and we're going to be going out to get jobs or whatever. And now everything is looking so different at this point. And I guess talking about that, like we can kind of talk about what's going on with commencement a little bit so both of us both of us are graduating seniors and surprise surprise um commencement got canceled (laughs) unfortunately yeah i i was very upset about it at first um i'll say that i expected columbia to push the date back because initially they hadn't had a postponement date now they now they're looking to do it next may Mm -hmm. which is fine you know i'm not I'm not complaining or anything. At first, I was very upset. Um, I think the reason I was so upset is because I'm the first woman in my family to receive a bachelor's degree. I'm also the first woman in my family to even go into a field like broadcast journalism. Mm -hmm. Um, Being an Arab Muslim woman, it's a big accomplishment for me and my family. I mean, it's an accomplishment for everyone, but like, you know, this is such a milestone for me and not just me, my entire family. Totally. You know, and like my I wanted like my grandmother to be able to come to my graduation ceremony and like because my grandma's like a huge fan. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Shout out to grandma. <laughs> love you, Grams. Um, but like it's it was just really disappointing. Um, I was very upset at first, but like at the end of the day, like it's for the safety of everybody. So I understand it doesn't make it less upsetting, but of course I understand. Yeah. Um, what I've kind of been saying is like, this kind of feels like we're the class of 2008, like graduating into a economic depression, (laughs) you know, um, but we also didn't get to graduate the past, or we didn't get to celebrate the past four years of work that we did. So it's like a double whammy, you know? Yeah. And I mean, like so much work goes into it and we're a different kind of college, you know, like yeah, everything we do is projects. Everything mm-hmm. we do, like, like finals what's, are like, projects. what's a final? <laughs> right, what's I a don't, final exam? I have we don't, not we taken, don't know her. <laughs> I have not taken a final exam in so long. Yeah. Like, everything's an article, a, a story, a, yeah. et cetera. Like, it's different. I'm really proud, of though, of how everybody is coping with it. And not just at our college, but everybody who's taking this thing seriously and and everybody who's trying to carve out a little slice of normalcy and happiness for themselves like you know um but i guess i guess from that too a big problem for us graduating is the unemployment situation oh yes I sigh as I say that. You sigh. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, like I said, kind of feels like we're the class of 2008 graduating into a very interesting sort of desolate job market that might be. I saw a Washington, uh, not Washington Post, um, a Wall Street Journal article a couple of weeks ago that was talking about, you know, the class of 2020 was supposed to graduate into one of the most um, plush, uh, hot job markets in the past 50 years. And now everything is so uncertain. Um, 
So it's it's scary. Another 6.6 million people uh, filed for unemployment in the country this week, uh, totaling 16.8 million in the past three weeks. And uh, people who are graduating this year and also just a lot of young people in general are terrified. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm terrified. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I have a part time job and I'm still terrified. Yeah, yeah, and I I think that um, our generation is going to be uniquely impacted by this because so many people who are um, millennials or Gen Z or so many of us are working the gig economy, so many of us are... um, um, working those those part time jobs that that don't exist anymore, and uh, and uh, trying to find a way. Yeah, and I mean, I've been putting my resume on so many different sites, and mm-hmm. I've been getting um, emails from employers. But the thing is, it, they're not journalism, you know. And right. I I really want to work in journalism. Um, I'd rather work like in retail until I'm able to get a journalism job rather than go into a completely different route. Like I've been getting um, insurance benefits and like all this other stuff kind of jobs. Um, not my cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> so you should you should tell us though about you did apply for a job at your hometown newspaper. Yes. Oh, thank you for reminding me. Um, I've been freelancing for my hometown newspaper, um, which is under 22nd Century Media. Mm-hmm. And... I went to go apply for a position that I had seen open um, that was sent to me through the Career Center, actually, at Columbia. And I went to go apply because I got really excited. I have a good relationship with the EIC, so I was thrilled, you know? Right. Um, I go to apply, and I find out that the newspaper closed down. But the thing is, the way I found out, um, even though I'm a freelancer for them and I get emails from them weekly— I found out through the Chicago Tribune that they wow. they shut down, and I was so upset. And I tried to contact the editors, and all of their emails were disabled. Like, there's no way for me to get in contact with them unless wow. it's social media. Yeah. So it was it was a bummer, and I hope they reopen because I would love to be able to work more for them. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And we were talking earlier in class today how a lot of people think that the media is really enjoying this right now because, you know, it's a lot of big news. But the media is being harshly impacted by this just like everybody else. You know, um, why, you know, the media is losing out on a lot of advertising money because, um, you know, why would you advertise a business that isn't open? (laughs) You know, uh, so it's 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 hard times for everybody. Um, That's exactly why they closed, actually, because yeah. their media, their advertising sales. Right. And, uh, and uh, one more thing about uh, people on Columbia College Chicago campus. Uh, students are supposed to leave campus completely, get all their stuff out by the end of April, right? Yes, actually, I was reading in the Columbia Chronicle, our school newspaper, that um, move-out dates begin on Monday, April 6th, which was this Monday, um, and it says in quotes that they last through April. 
Um, and this was according to the vice president of strategic communications and external relations. Um, but they also said in the article that the cutoff date is not mandatory. And as oh. students need more time, um, May is OK and the college will work with those students. OK, OK. Yeah, that's that's so stressful, especially, you know, we just had two classmates uh, in our calls this morning, who one of them, it's what did she say? 5 p.m., uh, 5.30, because she's from Russia. She's in Russia right now. And then another one of our classmates, uh, it's 11.30 p.m. in Singapore. Uh, so it's it's going to be, and I know so many other students who were in Chicago right now, but they're in Michigan, they're in California, they're in Indiana. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be difficult to say, I, and I don't even know if it'll be resolved by fall, you know, when new students are supposed to move in, you know, what if everybody's stuff is still there, you know, who knows? knows? And actually it's interesting. Um, my fiance works in CPS and he was saying that there's discussion that schools will remain closed for the remainder of the entire 2020 school year. Wow. So throughout the entire year, which is crazy to think and that this is basically like a test trial to see if online school is going to work for kids. But it could just be a giant conspiracy. We never know. Yeah. Well, you know, and uh, it's crazy because even the school year was already so disrupted because we had a teacher strike in fall that feels like that was like five years ago. But we had there was a teacher strike where we missed out on like 11 days of school in in the fall and then and now this so it's it's been the most tumultuous year of our lives <laughs> um to say the least uh but yeah so i think i think we'll leave you with that for now for this segment uh what do we have coming up from you oh, okay so uh, i actually am speaking with a icu nurse at rush medical center who is going to tell me all about the things that they're seeing um, amid the coronavirus and what the public should do to better prepare. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm really looking forward to hearing that, actually. I think the the more uh, healthcare workers' stories and voices we can get on the airwaves, the better. I definitely agree with that. But Louise, why don't you tell us what you're going to be doing? (laughs) So I actually got to sit down with a couple of Whole Foods employees this week uh, to talk about where they are in in grocery stores right now, how employees are feeling, how they feel like the company is treating them, and also just um, uh, where they feel like their safety level is right now. Right. I'm very interested in hearing about that because yeah. that's a huge thing. Actually, many um, retail stores that are able to stay open, um, such as grocery, they're all hiring right now, which right. is great, which is great. But is it really great? It's, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's it's you know, it's not the safest thing in the world, especially one of the uh, people I'm talking to has underlying health conditions. So she's been uh, self-quarantining at home because it's just... it's just not worth it she can't she can't take the risk so um yeah so we're looking forward to having that uh coming up next right here on wcrx fm on in the loop with louise and yasmin
The COVID-19 pandemic has increasingly spread around the world during the course of just a short few months. Hospitals in Illinois are accumulating masses of patients in intensive care affected by COVID-19. While the general public remains at high risk if they fail to implement social distancing into their lives, medical personnel risk their health just by clocking into work every day. Although the Chicago Tribune published an article on Rush University Medical Center being, quote, built for a moment like this, nurses still warn that the hospital scene is something more than they've ever expected. Join with me now is Rush University Medical Center intensive care unit nurse, Dana Zayed. Thank you for joining us having me. So let's dive right into this pandemic. How has the hospital been since the waves of COVID-19 started in Illinois? The hospital been a hot mess. Um, that's how I would describe it. Everything, if you look on our unit, everything is everywhere. It's so messy because like every single day we're just coding people. We're intubating everyone that's on our unit. Um, it's just very exhausting. That's how I would explain it. How many patients would would you estimate have you had with COVID-19 over the past couple of weeks? Um, So so far at Rush, uh, we get emails daily about how many we have in that are inpatient right now. There's over 150 and my unit has 28 beds um, and everyone on my unit is intubated with COVID-19. Every single person like debated with mechanical ventilation. So tell me what types of ventilation they use. Um, break it down for those who don't really know much about uh, hospital terms. Um, so pretty much they are intubated, which means they have a breathing tube that's helping them breathe or it's breathing for them. Um, a lot of these patients, you know, their lungs are very weak. They're having a hard time breathing. They come in with oxygen. Um, you know, we put oxygen on them, and then a few minutes later, they just completely desaturate, which is called their oxygen goes low, and then that's when we have to emergently intubate them. And how often are you working with these conditions? I mean, are are your hours up? Do you work extra days now? How is it going? Um, so as a nurse, we're um, with our schedules, we work usually three 12 and a half hour shifts, but um, many of us are working four 12 hours, 12 and a half hour shifts. So we're working about like 50 hours a week. And did you ever expect anything like this to happen during your career as a nurse? I mean, how are you handling this mentally? Um, I never expected this to happen. Mentally, I feel like I'm exhausted. I feel like I'm going to have a breakdown at any moment, you know, with my emotions, right? Like when I'm right before work, I think I cry every day while like on my way to work. And then at work, when I hear like someone passed away, like one of the patients I had the night before passed away or something, like we have like a conference while we're getting our patients. Like I've cried multiple times at work. I've cried with my coworkers, you know, it's, it's very, it's very exhausting to say the least right now for everyone, not just nurses, you know, it's not just nurses taking care of these people. There's a lot more staff that go into it. Would you say that you guys nurses as a whole and you yourself are starting to develop connections with these patients and you kind of just like rooting for them to live and 
when it doesn't necessarily go that way, it just kind of drains you? Totally. I mean, we are rooting for everyone to live. I think that there's a myth out there with this COVID-19 that it's old people. Um, a lot of our patients who are intubated are very young. You know, they, they are in their 30s and 40s, which is younger than our parents. You know, the other day, my patient, um, her alarm kept going off at four in the morning from her iPhone. So I looked at her phone to shut off her alarm. And she had her like two-year-old son smiling in a picture. And it like almost made me want to cry because, you know, it's like everyone's blowing up the phone. Like, hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? But like she's intubated, having such a hard time. But we do, we do connect with these people like feel bad for them like we want them to live yeah well what are some other experiences that you've um come across during this pandemic something i can say is like us nurses definitely coming together you know we we know that obviously we never expected this to happen um and the only people who understand what's going on is each other so we're honestly leaning on each other right now um i definitely noticed that you know within the hospital it's crazy busy on our unit you know, before we had like four to five patients intubated out of 28. Now it's 28 patients all intubated. Everybody needs a central line, which is pretty much like um, medication or a catheter that goes into like your vein and um, you get medication through it. And like at one point, um, the doctors were going into every single room and putting in lines and just next, 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 next. So it was just, it's crazy to see. That's that's how I would describe it. I've never seen that before. Many healthcare workers are struggling with a lack of PPE. How important is it for hospital staff to have this equipment? It is so important for the staff to have this equipment. Um, this is the only thing that will protect us from getting this virus as healthcare workers. Um, you know, this is literally the only thing between me and my patient. You know, my patients, when I'm suctioning them, because they're intubated, um, they cough, right? So they're coughing on me and I'm in close, very close contact with them. So if I don't have this PPE mask and gloves and gown on, I would be screwed. Hmm. And any of us can get this virus at that point. Now, would you say that uh, Rush has an approximate amount of PPE? Are you guys low in stock? Um, so there's specific masks, right? they're called N95 masks and there's a small size and there's a regular and you get fitted for this every year by the um, healthcare department at Rush. And I worked on Monday and I had to use the same mask once the whole shift because we did not have any more N95 small masks. I sneezed into my mask and still had to use it because we had no more. So supposedly we were low on N95 and they were going to get it by tomorrow. So I would say that we're low on it if I have to use the same mask the whole shift. So, I mean, I think that a lot of hospitals may put up a front like, okay, we're good on PPE, but we're only good on PPE for keep if we're not using it. You know, one, me having to wear the same mask for 12 and a half hours, you know, that doesn't mean we're, we have sufficient amount of supplies. Now, is there a way to disinfect or sterilize the equipment to use again? Um, no, not, not. To my knowledge, you know, a lot of people have been reusing their masks. Um, I don't think it's sanitary. You know, you're going in these COVID rooms and then you're going out with the same mask, like, you know, and you're going into the hallway with the same mask. So 
I guess the only way would be to rub like some alcohol on, on it, but that that wouldn't do anything for the mask. Right. And has the current situation affected your relationship um, with family, friends, or even life in itself? Totally. Um, well, the current situation, um, you know, has canceled my bridal shower, which is tomorrow, canceled my wedding. Um, so it's affected, you know, obviously me not being able to hug my family members or see my grandparents, which is really hard. Um, but, you know, we do have Zoom, this app that we get to see our family on. But, you know, it's, it's affected like happy life moments. But hopefully, you know, this will all go away soon and we can, you know, still have those moments. And have you developed any symptoms of the coronavirus? Um, so actually I have. I um, did. I have got tested for it. I got tested today. Um, I had developed yesterday um, a cough with a headache um, and some chest tightness. Um, so, you know, and I was really nauseous as well. So I called the Rush Center um, and... The nurse said, you know, you work on a COVID ICU right now, you should come get tested. So I, I didn't want to get tested because I felt like, you know, I was giving up, but it's not giving up. I just want to make sure I'm safe to be around my family, to be around even these patients still. Mm -hmm. And can you tell us how the test works for those who don't know? Oh my gosh, the test is awful. <laughs> Let me just say, you don't want to get this test. Um, so... Specifically at Rush, um, you drive into this alley and they have a big tent and then a nurse comes out with PPE. So she's wearing gloves, a gown, masks, and a face, and a face shield. And she has um, two swabs, one that goes into your mouth. So she literally put it so far down my like throat that I was like gagging. So that was one. And then, then they um, swab your nose. They swab both nostrils. And they swab both nostrils so far that I didn't even think it was possible. You know, it's very, very uncomfortable. You don't want this test. And then it takes 24 to 48 hours to get back. So I just got it at 11 a.m. So I'm waiting to receive the results back. Hopefully by tomorrow I'll get the results. Now, is there a database that you're able to view your results? Do you have to call them? How does it work? So they said they would call me with the results. Um, Usually with Rush My Chart, you can see the result. You can see like your test results. I don't know if this would be different or not because this is like really important to know your results right away because you're like self quarantining um, and you're trying to stay away from everyone. So I've, I'm not sure if it'll pop up online or if you'll know once they call you. Now, is there anything else that you'd like to say maybe to the public? Um, about the situation and how they should be going about it, um, if they should take it more seriously? What do you think? Um, something I would say to the public is, if you're staying home, you're doing a great job. You're not, you know, bringing other people over, having parties. That's great. Honestly, stay home. You don't know how real this is unless you work in an ICU and you're intubating people by room, like one, two, three, four. Um, you know, it's very real. It's very sad. And, you know, I would just, the public, I would just say to stay home. And if you are staying home, you're doing great. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
Since the date of the conducted interview, Nurse Denizayed was informed her test results came back negative. You're listening to In the Loop with Louise and Yasmin on WCRX-FM 88.1 Chicago. Listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be right back. Many of us nowadays find ourselves safely working from home, but the essential workers in our community just don't have that kind of luxury. This is especially true for employees at supermarkets across the country, who every day are doing their best to keep stores clean and open for the rest of us, but in turn are putting themselves at serious risk of exposure to the virus. Last weekend, two Walmart employees in Evergreen Park, Illinois, died from the coronavirus. And although some companies like Whole Foods have provided a raise in hourly pay and unlimited unpaid sick time, some workers are saying it's just not enough. And in Chicago, an employee attempted to organize a sick out demanding higher hazard pay. The struggle now for many employees at these supermarkets is where to draw the line. Many live paycheck to paycheck and are now making the difficult choice between protecting their health or paying their bills. I've been taking a lot of walks when I can um, and thinking about, you know, thinking myself into holes. I've been depressively sleeping a lot. Um, I tend to wake up around like 1 p.m. Um, I am not a, you know, influencer when it comes to how to live the ideal quarantine lifestyle. Honestly, putting on clothes is kind of an effort. (laughs) Um, So far, I think we've been through the worst of it just because the beginning was more like uncertainty and the panic of like, oh, like, do we need to stock up on food? How long is this going to last? There's no end in sight. Ever since the shelter in place, uh, people kind of are only going out to places if they absolutely need to. And that even goes to the grocery store. It's like people aren't, coming to hoard every day they're just like normally grocery shopping it's just so hard to tell because it's so unpredictable like some days we'll be super understaffed for the amount of customers we have and then other days we are severely overstaffed because nobody's coming because it's the shelter in place like the whole store was pretty much empty the first week just because nobody knew what was going to happen so It was a lot. It was chaotic. Like it was lines all the way to the back of the store for about literally the whole shift. Like I got work at three o'clock some days and there'd be a line all the way to the back of the store and then close at 10 and there'd still be a line all the way to the back of the store for seven hours straight because the whole neighborhood was in the store. If I do check in with friends, if I do keep these conversations happening, like I feel okay. I feel like things are going to be okay, you know, that everybody's hanging in there. Everything's going to be fine. But on days where depression gets real, 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 and I can't get out of bed, and it's like you feel so alone, you feel so overwhelmed, maybe that's the more selfish side of it. 
and I think that both are natural reactions. Um, we've taken some measures. We've put up screens in front of all the registers. Um, it's like a big clear, um, it's like a windshield kind of, but there's that. We have masks available. We get one disposable mask per day. Um, we get gloves. We have pan sanitizer and we, we do extra cleaning. Oh, and we also do a daily temperature check. So like when people get to the store, uh, everyone's temperature is taken. And if you're above a certain amount, you can't, uh, you can't go to, come to work. But it's taken a toll emotionally on a lot of people. A lot of people are calling in sick, not because they actually are sick, but it's because it's like, why work in that environment for, it's not worth the risk, you know? So a lot of people just aren't coming to work. Which brings everyone else down that shows up to work. And it's understandable, though, too, because um, if I had the means to do that, I'm sure I would, you know. I'm sure a lot of people would if they had the means to. There's a bump in pay, and I think there was, like, a week-long, like, everybody gets a higher discount on on groceries and stuff, which is, I take that as, you know, it's a kind gesture. It's um, the the nice fruit basket that gets sent to your hospital room, but it's not, like, footing the bills. Um, it, I think that there is a lot more that could be done, particularly given that this is such a big company with such a huge amount of money. For us, um, like I said, you know, some of us have the means to be able to call off and we have unlimited sick time until the end of the month. So theoretically, if you wanted, you could be sick the entire month until April, until the end of April. So um, you can't be fired if you do that. So people who don't have to, like people who still with their parents or, People who have, a, you know, enough money saved up, they can do that. But people who um, live check to check or people who don't have enough money, like, I don't really have enough saved up to be able to, you know, take the whole month off. So that's pretty much what's keeping me coming to work is, you know, I got, I have bills to pay, you know, and utilities to pay. If we do get COVID-19, we actually get 14 days paid, no questions asked. Um, so that's good, but... So my situation is a little weird right now because um, Whole Foods did offer two weeks paid sick leave for people who are diagnosed with COVID-19. And then otherwise, unlimited time off, you know, free of penalty. And uh, my situation is a little funky because I am diabetic and hence at higher risk. So my endocrinologist uh, issued a note and sent it forward to store leadership and my team being like, hey, you know, my patient really should be quarantined. And they're like, OK, yeah, she can quarantine free of uh, penalty. But I'm like, also free of pay. And they're like, yeah. So. I'm doing this out of my own pocket right now uh, for the sake of trying to stay healthy. But it, like, it sucks. <laughs> it really sucks that, like, because they're, I, I get that they can't pay off everybody. But given that there are people who fall into special circumstances of, like, having pre existing conditions that put them at a higher risk, you'd think we would be 
tended to a little better. Some, you know, some people are totally fine with uh, what Whole Foods has done. Like, for example, half store is okay with, you know, the pay raise and the sick time and the discount and, you know, all this stuff. And they provide us with masks, so, which they don't have to do. It's just the right thing to do. Because I know there are some stores that don't even do, they don't, uh, they haven't done anything for their workers. Like, I know there are some multi-billion dollar industries that actually have done zero to help their um, co-workers in this time or their employees in this time of need, which is upsetting. So knowing that we're actually getting help, even if it's just a little bit, uh, you know, it's, I'm thankful for it. And when I was there, they, they were really, um, they were really good about like acknowledging like, Hey, stuff's changing. Stuff's scary right now. We're making these changes. Like I felt like the communication was actually better than I'd seen it in like years prior where suddenly like corporate would make a a change to some policy and we would be the last ones to hear about it. Um, So in that sense, it got a little better just because it's like, oh my God, like this health crisis is the gun to our heads to like actually get things moving. But on, on the other side is, is it's only a $2 raise. So it's like, oh, is my life getting sick worth, you know, only $2 an hour extra? And like, is it only worth that to the company? So some people are upset with it. And, you know, with hazard pay, typically from what I've heard through word of mouth is that with hazard pay, it's, you know, you, you should be getting paid a substantially larger amount for working in a hazardous environment. But we're only getting a $2 raise, so I can see why that would be upsetting. Whereas if it was a $5 raise, I'm sure it'd be a lot, there'd be a lot less outrage or even more than that, you know? You know, I think a certain percentage of uh, people definitely came to the, or were coming to the store and still are going to the store, presumably, um, with a greater sense of gratitude. But this is also, like, with the panic shopping and the all the craziness that started everything um i mean i think people are thinking of themselves i know i'm thinking of myself i'm like well i'm not going to work i'm gonna take money out of my savings to not go to work uh for my own health and i even today was the first day i like sent a message to my coworkers, like hey guys i'm sorry i'm not at work like i'm sorry for the added stress I'm choosing to focus on myself right now because my doctor said so. And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 totally take yourself. But it's with this increased, I'm hesitant to call it selfish, like self-preservation. I think that there's sort of a dichotomy between people who give in to like the fear of it all. The same, if not more dismissive of the value of grocery store workers versus those who maybe have slowed down and are you know, handling it in maybe a slightly more mature way um, and are focusing on gratitude. I guess the number one thing that comes to mind is just respect, um, not just the cohort, the employees at the store, but just people around you, the other patrons. Really respect the six foot boundary rule. That's like the number one thing because, uh, you know, that that's pretty much what we should be practicing right now is the social distancing. So as long as you are at least mindful of it or like, cause you know, you can't do it in every situation, but um, as long as you're mindful of it and you make the effort to keep that social distance, I guess that's the best thing you can do in a time like this. 
it's really easy to see grocery store workers as like unskilled, uneducated, cheap labor. But on the other hand, in a time like this, we're essential workers. Uh, value is definitely a question that's up in the air. The times like these make you think about like, what do we value in life? Morale's kind of down in the store just because it's been going on for so long and we're all kind of sick of it. We all kind of want that to go back to normal. Be patient, be kind, be gracious. Um, this is not a fun time for anybody. And just because people have jobs doesn't mean they want to be having those jobs, particularly right now. Like there is there is a part of me that is enjoying being forced to stay home and also a part of me that feels really guilty and I can't shake that and it's a dichotomy that yeah a war in my head that is forever raging don't give in to fear don't give in to like this all has to happen right now sort of a crazy panic because that's where we get in trouble and that's where you you fall into the selfish realm rather than the self-preservation. I think that's what it comes down to. You're listening to In the Loop with Louise and Yasmin here on 88.1 WCRX-FM. If you missed any part of the show today, be sure to find us online wherever you get your podcasts. So, Louise, it is now time for my favorite segment of our show, Social Media Sensations. Yes. And I just want to start off a little bit. What have you been doing to keep yourself sane the past few weeks in quarantine? I do read a lot of news, which heightens my anxiety, but <laughs> I th- <laughs> that's not what I asked for. <laughs> I know. Um, well, on my free time, I would say I, I, you know, go on social media, view a lot of mm-hmm. interesting memes. Sometimes I send them to you. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been so disappointed with myself every week when I get my um, my update on my phone telling me how many hours a day I've been on it. Oh, God. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad at this point. I think we should just admit to everybody. I'm like, it's. I'm averaging seven hours, dude. I'm scared to see what mine is. <laughs> I think I was at eight hours last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, so everybody out there, no need to feel bad. Um, because we're right there with you. <laughs> There's nothing else to do. But, right. I've been. Um, I've been going through uh, sort of like a a punk phase again in my life. Um, in when I was in middle school, like everybody, I had my hot topic phase, but. I have been going now that I'm more of like a serious music fan and I know what I'm talking about a little bit. Um, 
kind of, not really. <laughs> um, I helped teach a class about music history, so that makes me feel a little bit better. But I've been uh, going back through a lot of like 90s pop punk and re-watching a lot of old concert footage and stuff, especially like the, uh, the 1994 Green Day concert at the Aragon. Um, it's been great. So, you know, I dyed my hair black because I was inspired. And, <laughs> and, um, and yeah, that's what, that's what I've been. It looks been great. I'm able to see it. Thanks. Um, through our Zoom call right now. And it looks yeah. really great, Louise. Um, I love it. Box dye, man. Box you know, dye. I can't, I can't cut my hair. I have short hair. Um, I can't cut it right now. So the best, the next best thing I could do is was diet yeah it looks really nice thanks um uh, so let's get into some of these topics um i'll say my social media sensation is a bit different this week um Mm -hmm. usually i come up with some really funny meme (laughs) that i saw but um given the circumstances something that i saw on social media that i really admired was that there's a group of instagram bloggers that are giving away a thousand dollars for somebody who was impacted by the coronavirus um, so you just yeah, that's cool. You enter the giveaway and you comment in the comment section somebody you know that is in need of a thousand dollars, and if your comment is selected, um, that person will be getting a thousand dollars, and the person who commented on the post um, will be getting gift cards, um, free gifts from some of these Instagram bloggers. So it's essentially you're not entering yourself; you are entering for someone else. Yeah, and I yeah. thought no, that's really cool. I thought it was a really nice way to bring the community together. Um, you can actually find them at all of their um, blogger ats, but one of them that I'll name um, is at genie underscore cooks. So if you want to check that out, um, enter maybe try to help somebody in need. That's cool. Cool. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That's great. I think. Um, yeah, what you said about uh, about nominate sort of like nominating somebody else is um is really cool in in my interview uh with one of the grocery store workers we talked about you know something that we should all be thinking about is where is the line between self like uh self-sustenance and being selfish right now you know um and i think that that is really like a good message to put out there like think about your neighbor you know yeah definitely agree Um, so my social media moment, as much as everybody wants to talk, wants us to talk about the Lori Lightfoot memes, which yes, we agree, they're all so great and we should be posting more of them on, uh, WCRX's, uh, uh, social media. The thing I want to talk about is, uh, I already talked about Green Day a little bit, but Billy Joe Armstrong has been doing, uh, the lead singer and guitarist, uh, for Green Day has been doing every Monday a series he calls No Fun Monday. Uh, where he does a cover, and this week uh, he did a cover of the Bangles' Manic Monday with Susanna Hoffs, and it was just great. It was a nice little escape. Days when you wish your bed was already 
I'm really bummed out, and I think a lot of people are that that tour of that Green Day is supposed to be doing this summer um, is probably going to get canceled. So this has been a really nice little uh, little fun thing every Monday that we get to tune into. Yeah, that is nice. So, yeah, I like that. Yeah. So um, if you want, like everybody uh, should share with us on Twitter and Facebook um, with the hashtag in the loop on CRX. You should share with us what you've been like distracting yourself with. Yeah. Because I feel like we all need a little bit more of that. Yeah. Let's all be in this together. And when it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, Louise, it was so great catching up with you. I know. I'm I'm so glad that we're not just uh, letting this whole crazy thing get the better of us and we're still doing our show and we're still, you know, keeping up with everything. So Yeah, it was wonderful. Um, yeah. Make sure to if you like our show, download and share on social media. Yeah, and you can find our podcast of the show if you missed any of the other parts, um, part one, two, or three of the show. Uh, earlier on in the hour, if you missed anything, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Bye. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in this week to In the Loop with Louise and Yasmin. Follow the show on social media at WCRXFM. And if you missed any part of the show today, know you can find us online wherever you get your podcasts. Until next week, stay safe and best wishes.